You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Canes Train Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Happy Valentine's Day yesterday. Valentine's Day is kind of dumb, though. You know, don't think it should be a real holiday, but hey, whatever. If you celebrate it, good for you. Hope you hope you found somebody. And if not, guess what? Doesn't matter. Um, well... This episode is brought to you by DraftKings. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all of the action. Look, dude, I know that a lot of y'all like throwing, you know, the chance of winning money out there every day. It's exhilarating, I know. Um, you can do that with DraftKings and it's really fun. Here's how you do it. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. It's literally what I just said. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with DraftKings lineup on the line. That's right. It's more interesting to watch these games when there's a little bit of something, you know, you can get back if things happen in your favor. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. It's just, you know, it's fantasy. It's a a cool way of doing daily fantasy stuff and you can win lots of prizes. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across the sport. And DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all the action. Anywhere else you've heard of, not good enough, you know? $7 billion to users. That's a lot of money. So now that you know how to play, Download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Thank you, DraftKings. Um, well, a lot of things happened in the Canes world in the last little bit here. Um, we get, you know, two wins. Over the Dallas Stars, Hurricanes improved to five or five, four and zero against the Dallas Stars on the year, um, which is which is fantastic. Um, Dallas is a good team. I don't think Dallas is a great team, um, but they're definitely good. Like they're in that third. T- like if there's four tiers, there's like really bad teams, which there's only really a couple of those, I think. And then there's like below average teams that are like aren't going to make the playoffs, but they're not like the worst team in the league. And there's the third tier, which is like solid teams, like all playoff caliber teams, um, you know, above average. And then there's like the elite teams that are true, like cup contenders, right? Uh, I'm not sure that Dallas is a four, but they're definitely a three and probably toward the the upper half of a, th- of a third tier team, if that makes any sense, what I just said. Uh, I think the Hurricanes right now are um, in that tier four. 
Like, I truly do believe that the Hurricanes are contenders, um, and I'll give you a few reasons why. But first, let's go through those. Um, let's go through those games against the Stars. On what day was it? Thursday? First night, um, the Hurricanes picked up the win, five to three. And really, that game. I mean, honestly, both of these games, more so that first one though. Um, I thought the Hurricanes did a really good job of uh, bouncing back from not not really owning the play for a for more than half the game. I think the Stars kind of were um, playing better, getting more chances. Um, you know, just playing their game a little better than I think the Hurricanes were. Uh, and the Dallas Stars are just tough to play against, man. They're just that team that can lock down the neutral zone pretty well. And, um, you know, if their goaltending's good, like, they're really tough to beat. Uh, I think they're missing Ben Bishop right now. But they're still a really challenging team. And then, you know, they have talented offensive pieces that, um, you know, guys like Rupe Hentz and Dennis Gurionov, like, and, of course, Jamie Benn and Joe Pavelski, who has, like, 37 goals already this season somehow. Uh, you know, they're underrated. They have underrated offense, but... I think the strength of their team is just being difficult to play against. Um, and if you go back a couple of years, I think that's what the Hurricanes would um, try to model their, you know, their identity as that team that's just tough to play against. I think the Hurricanes have become more of a skilled offensive team um, that just wants to be really aggressive. I think that's kind of their identity now. So I don't know that they're the most difficult team to play against in the league, but they're difficult to stop. And that's a, not a bad place to be, I guess. Um, but yeah, I felt I felt like these stars kind of had the had the uh, I don't know the advantage early. Although the stats will show you that the Hurricanes dominated the Corsi in the first period, which honestly, the first period, I don't know. I felt like it was kind of uh, a wash. There wasn't a whole lot of crazy action or anything. Um, the Hurricanes did apparently register three high-danger chances. The Stars had zero. Uh, I, th- I think that's a little odd. I don't know. I felt like they... Th- this. I will say this. I guess, yeah, that th- that makes sense. The Stars weren't necessarily dangerous in the first period, but I didn't really think the Hurricanes were either. Um, so it was just a little bit of feeling out going on, I think. But uh, I thought it was a relatively even period. And then the second period, the Stars dominated. Uh, and the Corsi percentage will show... Um, 58% for the Stars, which is good. I thought that it seemed like it was even more than that. <laughs> if you talk about possession and everything, um, you know, the scoring chances forced are 60%, 65% in the Stars' favor. So they were getting the majority of the chances. And, you know, they built a lead. And the Hurricanes come back with Brock McGinn's, um, with Brock McGinn's goal late there in the second. That was huge because... If the Stars went into the third period up one and they had already been kind of dominating in that period, like I think it was going to be pretty easy for them to just get pucks deep and, and shut it down um, in the neutral zone and make it really, really hard for the Hurricanes to do anything offensively. Uh, so that goal was huge. The Hurricanes also capitalized on the power play uh, in this one. The Jordan Stahl goal, right? Eh, one was one of them. I might be wrong about that. How about the fact also that Jordan Stahl picks up another goal and assist in that game? Um, and then fast forward to the the most recent game against the Stars, and he scores again. Um, he's just on fire. Like I can't I can't say enough about Jordan Stahl. The man has been just absurdly good this season. I've never seen him play this well. Like he looks he looks 
better than he did when he was like 21, <laughs> you know? Uh, and Jordan Saul's been around for a minute. Um, I think that playing with Svech has given him some... Op- but he just looks confident. Like, he looks really good. In all three zones, he looks really good. He's killing the face-off circle like nobody's business. Uh, and he's capitalizing on his chances, and he's making, like, beautiful passes. Which is just not a Jordan Stahl thing to me, but he's killing it. Like, you gotta give that man all the credit in the world. Um, so, you know, I'm not gonna go through... You can watch the recap of these games if you want. I'm not gonna go through goal by goal and talk about each goal that happened. Um, I wanna kind of hit on the, you know, the bigger picture of, of what these games looked like, so... The first game against Dallas, I thought it was the Hurricanes finding ways to battle back, um, you know, at least be even with the Stars on special teams. Like, if you're going to give up a power play goal, which they did, you have to score one. They did. That was important, I thought. Um, Sebastian Ajo gets on the board. It's always good to see. Um, you know, the defense was getting involved. I thought that Hamilton and, and uh, not Pesci, Hamilton and Slavin were okay, but they, they kind of got worked on both of the goals, one of them got, you know, called offside. Uh, but then they immediately scored, like, the next play, and they both got beat again. Like, Hamilton got beat bad on that one. Um, just to, just a race to the net, and he loses it by, like, a decent amount. Um, so I thought those were things that you'd like to see improvement on from those two guys. Uh, and then you fast forward to the most recent game, and I thought that both of them played really well, actually. So um, that's definitely good to see. Um, and then Nino Niederreiter, man, slick, slick breakaway goal, sick pass from Dougie Hamilton. Unreal. The tape to tape from the D zone to the offensive blue line. I mean, that was, that was pretty right. As Nino gets on the ice, great awareness, Dougie. I mean, you can just see his skill. Like that's me. That's why he's really, really good. And if he can tighten up his defensive game and continue to get better at that, he's going to get right back to what he was doing last year which was being in the Norris conversation easily, if not top two in that regard before he got hurt. He was definitely in that talk. Uh, people go back and talk about that like now, like like he wasn't, and he was. Like, he definitely was. It was him and John Carlson. Uh, you know, guys like Roman Yossi to me are always in the mix for that. But at the time, you know, Dougie Hamilton was killing it. And I'd love to see his defensive game get back to that because I think his offensive game is still... Uh, you know, he obviously shows us all the time his offensive game is there. He's been killing the assists this year. Not as many goals, but, um, you know, we're scoring them all over the place. <laughs> the D hasn't had to put up a lot of goals this year, which is fine uh, because they're still generating a lot of assists and, you know, being involved in the play. Just holding the puck in into the offensive zone is, is important enough. So uh, the other side of this game would be James Reimer, um, which honestly... The first two periods, I didn't think James was very good at all. Um, I didn't really like any of the goals, to be honest with you. I know that one super up close, tight, um, kind of a bang in, but like hold the post, you know, that was my thought. Um, the the hints one, like, I don't know. You can't really fault him on that. That was more on the defense for sure. He gets in, like, what are you supposed to do? That guy's really good in close. So I, I guess I won't hold that one against him at all. Um and the third goal, I think it was Joe Pavelski on the one-timer on the power play. He got over, and it just went through him. And, you know, you hear people say, like, oh, it just found a hole. But, yeah, close the holes, though. You're the goalie. Like, close the holes. That's your job. I know that's – trust me, I know that's easier said than done because I've played goalie before. Um, but close the holes, you know. He, you got to be tight. You got to hold every gap um, better, and it squeaked through him. 
if you're there, like you should be able to make the save. He didn't execute. He didn't make the save. Um, and then in the third period, he just was lights out. So it goes back to giving your chance a team to win. Uh, <sighs> wow. Giving your chance a team to win? I mean, might as well have said that. Giving your chance a team to win. <sighs> Yikes, man. I need to start over this entire podcast after that one. Uh, but yeah, I thought that he, you, you hear people use the term built a game. Sure. I, that is, I don't. I don't ever use that. I think it's like he didn't build anything. He just started playing better. Um, but he gave the team a chance to win. There we go. Redemption. Oh, nice. Um, so didn't really like his performance all in all. But if you can, you know, make the timely saves, keep your team in it. It's all you need. And the Hurricanes have been scoring a lot of goals this year. So um, I don't think they need, you know, Andre Vasilevsky and net. I just think they need somebody who can make the timely saves and not give up soft ones when they're going to hurt. Like, you know what I'm talking about. If you're a Hurricanes fan listening to this, you know what I mean when I say giving up soft goals that that hurt. You know what that looks like. You've seen a lot of them before. Um, so he didn't do that, you know. I thought that a couple of those were pretty soft, but the Hurricanes battled and were, were in it after that. So I like the effort, you know. I would like to see... Uh, some of the defensive struggles get better. I would like to see um, some of the neutral zone play get a little better. You know, getting hemmed in your own zone. And I would like to see less penalties, I guess. But uh, that's just how this team plays, man. They're so aggressive. Like, we say that every night. Guess what, guys and girls? They're going to take penalties. It's going to happen. We can wish all we want that they won't take four or five penalties a game. But, like, it's going to, it's inherently part of the way they play because some of them are dumb but most of these penalties are effort-based penalties like they are this guy's really trying to you know take this puck (laughs) and sometimes you just do a little too much um and you take a penalty so it is how it is what it is sometimes but i agree they need to be a little more disciplined get rid of a lot of the um the offensive zone stuff for sure and uh, if you're going to take a penalty, you know, it needs to be for a reason. <laughs> so you don't want to be putting really good power play teams up on the power play a lot, which the Hurricanes have a couple of teams in their division that have pretty damn good power plays or at least really good pieces on the power play that can hurt you any given night. So that's what I thought about that first game. If we go to the game on Saturday against the Stars, the Hurricanes in that one, uh, 4-3 shootout winners, and... Kind of similar. I thought that the Hurricanes played a little better. Honestly, I thought Dallas played really well in this one. And we've seen the trend. The Hurricanes finally get the the game two sweep win as the road team, which has only happened, I think, once. Um, so, and it's... Mm, I don't remember who did it. But uh, it hasn't happened very often at all in this division uh, or in the league for that matter. But hard to do. So kudos to them for, for pulling it off. I thought that, you know, they, they played well. Like they, there, was, there were uh, plenty of moments where the Stars definitely kind of led the play, right? But then the Hurricanes really got going. Excuse me, that was so gross. The Hurricanes really got going, um, you know, as the game went on to me. And, um, you know, started forcing more chances. The Stars with that comeback in the third, obviously. 
that uh that hurt and uh the you know the late game tie the game send it to overtime you would love to finish these games in regulation because uh regulation wins always mean more right but in this season where you're only competing with seven other teams and you're playing them over and over again it's gonna be a lot of chances for teams to get points against you and the way you it's gonna be tight basically is what i'm saying like the points are gonna be tight because everyone's playing each other constantly so the way you differentiate yourself when you're tight in points is with those regulation wins, or at least regulation and overtime wins, which count more in the standings. Like if you're tied in points, that's the first tiebreaker. Um, so, I mean, you'll never complain about a shootout win, but it is kind of a bummer that it needed to go to extra time uh, for that reason. But hey, I'll take a win every day of the week <laughs> for sure. Um, in this one, you know, I thought that first of all, Jordan Stahl continues to just be absurdly good. Um, Svechnikov was really good. Um, I thought Aho and Teravinen were good. Teravinen finally has a good game, which is awesome to see. I thought that Slavin and Hamilton also had another good game. Brady Shea has, I mean, you could say quietly to me, it hasn't been quiet because that's been very noticeable. This man has been playing absurdly well in the last five games really really well defensively like Brady Shea's kind of you know the thing around Brady Shea is that uh he's gonna make some bonehead plays but he's a really good skater he's gonna be good at breaking the zone or breaking the puck out of the zone and all that sort of stuff and you know capitalizing in other ways but he will make kind of dumb turnovers which he still does but in general I think that Brady Shea has been really good in his D zone He's saved several goals in the last four games or so. Like he definitely has, um, and you know he's 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 been good. He's been a good player. I've liked his game a lot, um, so I want to give him props for that because I feel like he gets a lot of judgment, which is fair. But if you're gonna do it, uh, you got to point out the good things that the guys do as well. Um, big to me that Tavo Teravainen finally gets on the board with his first goal of the season. Um, we all know he hasn't been playing well since coming back from COVID protocol. Um, I don't think Jacob Slavin really has either. I thought that Jacob Slavin started to get back to his game tonight too. So that's really encouraging. If those two guys um, can elevate back to what we know they can be and should be and are all the time, uh, even more dangerous. I mean, you got a nine and three team here who honestly hasn't played nine great games. They've maybe played four or five, you know, really good to great games. And then the rest of those have just been like finding a way to win in a game where like you didn't play bad, but I don't know that you outplayed the other team, you know? So it's both encouraging and a little bit scary <laughs> because like, what do you attribute the fact that the Hurricanes are winning a lot of these games where, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure that you could call them the better team. Um, like, and I think Rod has agreed. They haven't been playing their best hockey in all these games, but they've been finding ways to win. They also haven't had their full lineup except for the first game of the season. So there's that, um, you know, their, their starting goalie who was on an absolute tear in Peter Morozik at the beginning of the year for the first few games, short sample size, I know, but my guy's posting like 950 save percentage and a one goals against average and two shutouts. So he was, uh, he was looking pretty good. And now, you know, you're bringing other guys. Oh, I want to talk about Nadelkovich too in that, in that last game. He played really well. Um, you know, a couple of those goals, like the the second and third goal, mm, I wasn't a huge fan of the fact that those got by. Um, but their pass, like it's, it wasn't like I don't know that I'd be willing to call it a soft one. It's one that just you know you'd love for your goalie to to grab. 
Um, but then there were so many saves he made that were like bonus point saves where you're like, oh, wow, what a save that was. I was really impressed with his game. Um, and I think that um, it'll be interesting to see how the starts go. It's going to be a 50-50 between these two guys. You know, I thought it was interesting that Ned got the start in that one because it wasn't a back-to-back, you know, but Reimer didn't play all that well, so why not give Ned a chance? And then in the shootout, I mean, did he look nervous? No. My my guy looked like he's been there times and time and time and time again. The poke check, I love the poke check. That was always my go-to when I was a goalie in breakaways and penalty shots and stuff, especially when I knew the guy coming down, I was like, this guy's good. Like, he's probably going to score on me. And so element of surprise, baby. I mean, I would dive at people. I would straight up dive at people. When they came down, as soon as they got to like the circles, I would leave my feet, extend my stick fully, and just dive at the puck. And like probably 50 to 60% of the time, I would hit it and it would be over. And I'd be like, yes, didn't even have to face him. Uh, it's like a get-out-of-jail-free card. I love when goalies can be good with the poke check and penalty shots and, and shootouts and stuff. I think that's awesome. Um, and he was just so patient on the rest of them, which is really hard to do, and you saw him struggle with that in Columbus, and I think there was a little bit of nerves involved. Um, so settling down uh, and and looking a little more confident. I like it. I still think that, you know, he he lacks a little bit of the ability to make the game-breaking save, you know, that Peter Morozik has, because I think that they are similar guys, like even, even size-wise and kind of style-wise. They're pretty similar guys, uh, Ned and Morozik. I think Ned is really good at playing the puck, which helps him a lot. Uh, although he does make ne- make me nervous because every time I see a goalie playing the puck, like every chance he gets, I just, you know my thoughts on this. I think that sometimes goalies try to do a little too much, you know, just chill. Um, and I'm just waiting for like that one turnover that hurts, you know, but it hasn't happened yet. He's, he's a really good puck handler for a goaltender. Um, and... You know, he's athletic, he makes some good saves, but he doesn't always make the saves that you're like, I won't hold that one against you, but like feel free to make that save and help the team, you know? He's not all like he's not doesn't have a great percentage in those situations, I don't think. And I think that that shows, you know, in the in the last couple games, there have been some goals where it's like, ah, I mean, they weren't brutal, but like you would like to see a goalie grab that for you and prevent having to go to overtime, you know? Of course the D matters. There, but your defense is going to make mistakes. Like if you're going to say it's a D's fault, I mean, if if they if the defense makes 19 great plays to prevent goals and then one time has a breakdown in the entire game, like one D breakdown a game, uh, I think every coach would be fine with that. If they knew that, oh, once a game you're going to have a defensive breakdown, they'd be like, if once a game is all that's happening, like heck yeah, man, we should be winning that game then. Um, so your goalies like got to be able to bail you out sometimes. And Ned does, but um, I, I'm not. That's the only part of his game where I'm like, I'm not a hundred percent sold on that just yet because I need to see a little bit more of the like game breaker mental. You know what I mean? I think that he gives you a chance to win, which is great. But you know, if he wants to be in this one A one B conversation, I just like it's tough. And you could make the same arguments about James Reimer, but I think James Reimer has proven more that he can do that than Ned has. Um, Skill-wise, like, in what they'll give you night in, night out, I'm not sure it's that different, but Reimer's got the experience, and that's what they're going to... That's what they're going to go with, you know? But hopefully Peter comes back soon. Um, You know, I like Ned, but I don't don't see him as a long-term... Like, if Ned's in the net for 15 games this season, I don't like that for the Hurricanes. Not because of Ned, but because... Like I, I would like to, I would like to have a better, 
you know, support. It just is what it is. Like, it's not, I'm not knocking Ned. It's just like, I don't think he's a number one goalie. So if he's going to make that many starts, it means that the Hurricanes are without a number one goalie for a bit. That's tough. With the, you know, they're about to play like 10 games in 16 nights or something. That's absurd. <laughs> so let's bounce real quick and let's talk about the, uh, the thing that everybody has been saying. Why hasn't he talked about this yet? And that's the Ryan Dezingle trade. Ryan Dezingle gets shipped back to Ottawa um, for Cedric Paquette and Alex Galchenyuk. Um, an interesting trade for the Hurricanes. Worth A couple things worth noting. One, it does shed a little bit of salary um, as both of those guys they're getting from Ottawa combined were paid a million and some change less than Dezingle, maybe closer to two even. Um, and Galchenyuk is a, is a weird one for me. Um, I don't know what... I don't know how the team will handle that at all. Like, I don't... I'm pretty sure, actually, he went on waivers. So I would assume that he would be being assigned to the um, to the taxi squad, maybe? I can look real quick. Um, let's see. News. Yeah, so it looks like uh, yesterday... Sunday, as this comes out, the Canes are putting uh, putting Galchenyuk on waivers. So uh, we'll see if anybody claims him by the time this comes out. I'm sure that news, you know, you'll know that whether or not anyone claimed him or not. Um, but it frees up a little bit of salary then. Galchenyuk's a weird player. He's like had success and then just like, where did it go? You know, he kind of lost everything. I don't know. He just didn't seem like he had it together anymore. Um, but he was drafted like third overall or something. So... Uh, I don't know. Weird, weird player. Um, Cedric Paquette, you know what you're getting in him. I mean, he's going to be a fourth-line guy. I think that he'll solidify the 4C position. Um, he'll be physical. He'll be tough to play against. He's not going to, like, wow you all that much. But he will be what a fourth-line center needs to be, and that's, like, dependable, um, physical, able to, you know, grind. So I think that he could be a good fit on the Hurricanes. And Ryan Dezingle leaving, look, I like Ryan Dezingle. I just don't, I don't think that he was a good fit for the Carolina Hurricanes at all. I don't think so at all. Just like he wasn't a good fit for the Columbus Blue Jackets. You know, you saw him come over and you're like, how'd this guy do so well in the regular season? And then he goes to Columbus and he, now he's a healthy scratch in the playoffs. Well, for Carolina, he was a healthy scratch for a little bit as well. So... He is just a guy that has skill, but his game works in that up and down, up and down, like zero structure pond hockey type game. That's where Ryan Dezingle thrives. You've heard me say before, that's not the game the Hurricanes need to be playing. That's the game that Detroit, Ottawa, you know, teams like that, that's the game those teams play. Because they don't have structure because they don't have that much talent. I know that sounds like I'm throwing shade at those teams. Like, it's just the reality of it. Teams are rebuilding. They don't have a lot of talent on the roster. The Hurricanes have been there, you know? I think that it's the same. Like, Jeff Skinner, you know, did well with the Hurricanes when, like, you know, defense didn't matter, I guess. <laughs> you, you know, you could score 30 goals and this will be a minus 14. Like, Ryan Dezinga will go back to the Senators. He'll put up goals. He'll play well. Because he can play the game he wants to play. 
We didn't need him to play that game on the Hurricanes because it hurt the Hurricanes because he was a defensive liability and, you know, he wasn't on a on a not great team. He can be in the top six and, and play a lot of minutes. I don't think that he was quite at the level where he could be in the top six on a team that has Sebastian Ajo, Tavo Teravainen, Andre Svechnikov, Nino Niederreiter, Jordan Stahl, you know, Marty Natchez, Vincent Trocek. Like, I just... He, he's not those guys. Like, I would take any of those guys on a scoring line before I would take Ryan Dezingle. I just think that they're better. Um, you know, I also, Dezingle's got a lot of speed, so he he play, he thrives in that up and down because he, he's a good skater. Uh, and he's got good hands, and he's got a good shot. They didn't get the chance to use it because on the Hurricanes, like, what they needed him to be was a depth player who, you know, could be defensively responsible and contribute to depth scoring. Ryan Dezingle wasn't able to do that for multiple reasons. One, because a player like him needs goals to be confident. I think the Nino Niederreiter is kind of the same way sometimes. Um, but I don't think Nino played horrible when he wasn't scoring. I think that he still did the things he needed to do. Um, you know, he would still have good games. You could just tell he was frustrated and his confidence wasn't there. Dezingle's confidence wasn't there either, I don't think. Um, and he just pressed for offense. like he did, And he never really seemed to get that message that we've talked about a lot of times with even like Sebastian Ajo when he was going through his offensive slump is like stop trying to score stop trying to score start playing the way you know you need to play and guess what you're good if you're playing the game the right way if you're if you're playing in the right positions if you're defensively responsible if you're if you're you know executing in your own zone and and getting clean breakouts and transitioning guess what you will be in better scoring opportunities you're a good player you will score when you cheat for offense, it does nothing but give up chances the other way. Like, yeah, every now and then maybe you get one, but you're leaving the door open for it to come against you. And also with the on a team coached by Brad Brendamore, if you're cheating for offense and and you know you're a defensive liability, guess what? Bench. It doesn't fly because it hurts the team. So I'm not trying to like knock, you know, Dezingle too much. I like him. He's a great guy. He's obviously a really good, you know, team guy. Um, everyone always loves him everywhere he goes, which is great. And I wish him the best. I just don't think that he was a good fit for the Carolina Hurricanes. And it's unfortunate because I, I wanted him to be, I was really excited when they signed him, but, um, you know, it just didn't work out. It, it's fine. It didn't work out. The Canes get to shed a little bit of that salary. You know, you don't need a 3 million plus dollar player. Um, that's barely cracking your lineup. Um, and they get to solidify their fourth line with a little bit more veteran presence that, you know, is established instead of, um, Instead of like having to have a rotating, you know, Jordan Martinuk's not a center. He's just not. It doesn't work. He doesn't need to be a center. He needs to be a winger. He plays better as a winger because he is a winger. So then you've got Morgan Geeky. I think that Geeky's done fine. But if you can, if you can have an NHL ready guy and give Geeky more chances to like learn and not have to be that guy yet, like he doesn't need to have to be that guy. We're not in that position where we need to bring up a rookie to be that guy anywhere on the lineup, unless that rookie is like absurdly talented. I've used the word absurd too many times in this podcast. Um, you know, so I think that he'll fit well. And then it gives the Hurricanes a little bit more salary room, which they needed some. They have like $2 million in space now. Um, the Simmons contract comes off the books next year. So uh, they'll have some, they'll have some uh, room to mess around and, and look at, you know, for sure re-signing. Svechnikov, and then, you know, we'll talk as it gets closer to see what happens with Hamilton. Um, I imagine that one takes a little longer to iron out. 
That's just my thought on it. That's what I think is going to happen. I'm not saying that that's what should happen. I just think it's going to take a while. I think it's going to be the summertime when we see anything happen with that, um, and it starts gaining traction with negotiations and everything. So I think they're going to. I think they're going to let them play it out for the year. So that's that. Um, thanks for joining me, everybody. And uh, make sure you sign up at DraftKings. Use promo code THPN. Um, and follow at Canes Train Pod on Twitter. Thanks for listening. Hurricanes are back in action tonight as this comes out in Columbus or against Columbus. I don't know whether it's home or away, to be honest with you. Uh, so go Canes, 9-3, and three, sitting right there in the, in the top couple spots in the central. It's really tough to say who's really in what spot because like everyone's played a lot of different games, game totals and everything. So, uh, But the Hurricanes are in a good spot. Um, they've got some things to work on, but man, if, if Tavo Teravainen and Spashnaho get back together and Tavo game starts ramping up, I mean, we got Finland going crazy, you know, and they'll be like Tavo Teravainen, who's from, uh, because who knows how to say any of those cities, you know, that's exciting. Svetch has been playing well. Jordan Stahl has been playing well. Brock McGinn has continued to play well. Uh, Vincent Trocek is on fire. So uh, it's it's good 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 things. The Hurricanes' offense is looking really good. Um, their defense in general has looked pretty good. The top guys to me need to, you know, be a little bit more consistently elite, like they're, you know, like they certainly can be. And you've got yourself a, a cup contender for real. I mean, for real. I'm not just saying that because you know I'm a Hurricanes fan. Like I, I, you know, I believe it. I believe that this team can compete to win a Stanley Cup realistically. It's going to be tough, but, uh, you know, they can compete against any of the teams in this league. So that is what it is. Hopefully they keep winning. Uh, we'll be here to talk about it next week. Win or lose, I'll be here. Um, so look out for a new episode on Thursday and then Monday after that, and then we keep going and we keep going. Go rate and review. Uh, follow at Kane's Train Pod. Subscribe to the show, and I'll be back on Thursday. Have a good one.